Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see this city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. In this episode, we're discussing the practice of forgiveness. We're convinced here at KXE that if we learn this radical way of Jesus, then we will see the world around us changed. So we thought we'd ask someone with a unique perspective on it, the leading British theologian and former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. The first thing about forgiveness is that it's release. It's offering release to someone else. It's actually releasing myself as well. And when people are locked up in a past they can't, they can't manage, they can't reconcile. When they're stuck in a really oppositional, tense relationship with somebody, they need that release. It happens with individuals, it happens with communities as well. And looking around so much of the world, both at the individual and at the corporate level, that being trapped in the past is obviously one of the great sources of tension and suffering in our world today. And we've noticed that there's a reticence to, to talk about sin in the church and a rejection of sin outside of the church. So how do we speak meaningfully about forgiveness in a world, well, a sinless world? I wonder if the problem isn't that we've often presented sin without understanding the relational aspect of it. Sin, sin is a broken relationship. And if you just treat sin as an action in the abstract, marked down as bad, you don't see that what what's problematic about sin, what's damaging about sin, is that it breaks relation. It breaks relation with God because it breaks the the flow of response to God that God has made us to give him. So we're somehow being less than human when we when we sin. And those events where we break off the flow of our response to God and the generosity of our response to others, those are moments where we really need healing. Now, if you come at sin from that point of view, I think it, it does make a bit of sense. People understand what it is to have a broken relationship. They understand how the effects of a broken relationship can trail on for ages. And they understand, I think, that what's needed is not just um, a word of absolution, but a restoration of relation. And that, I think, is how we need to, to think about it, how to approach sin and forgiveness. Sin is breaking the flow of response, life-giving response. Forgiveness is restoration of that. And, and Jesus speaks when he talks about forgiveness. He often um, talks about it as being inextricably linked to um, our forgiveness to forgiving others. What, why is that? Mm. It's a really powerful thing in the gospel, isn't it? And, and there it is in the, in the Lord's Prayer, in the very heart of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And Jesus more than once suggests that if we can't forgive ourselves, if we can't ourselves forgive others, then we can't expect to be forgiven. So I suppose that's something to do with with the idea that if I can't forgive someone else, I can't imagine changing my relation with them. But if I can't imagine changing my relationships, well, how can I imagine changing our, my relationship with God? God's forgiveness is always on offer. But if I can't pass it on and pass on and realize the change God makes in my life, then have I really changed at all? I think that's that's the, the heart of it. When Jesus tells the parable about the servant who's forgiven his debt and then goes off to 
squeeze the last penny out of somebody who's in debt to him. It's as if he's saying, has that man really understood what forgiveness is? He's gone away thinking, oh, I got away with that. And that's all. He hasn't actually restored a relationship. So he doesn't know how to restore relationships. If we understand what it is to be forgiven, to be brought back into the free flow of relationship, then we're set free to forgive others. If we haven't really received it, we can't really pass it on. And if we are not passing it on in our daily lives, we're not really receiving it. So it's a, a vicious circle. Um, and for, for those people who are listening to this, who actually sat there thinking, I'm not sure I get forgiveness because I'm not even sure I can be forgiven um, because my, my I've made this mistake too too often and it's, it's too big. Um, what would you say to those people? The first thing to say is God always begins where we are. Um, doesn't begin with yesterday or the day before, but where we are now. And because God doesn't change in his purpose of love and restoration, then to turn to him now is what's needed. God doesn't shake his head and say, well, you know, your record's a bit, a bit dim. God says, well, here and now, are you ready to make a beginning? Because I am. And that's what we need to hear. Again, in, in the New Testament, we repeatedly hear Jesus saying something like this. All, all these very unlikely people who turn up, people perhaps with very low expectations. He tells the story of the prodigal son who goes back home with his tail between his legs, expecting the worst, expecting probably to have a great lecture read to him by his father. And instead, the father starts at that moment, he says, my son, and embraces him. And that's that's it. That's how God responds. So we may carry enormous burdens of guilt, of fear, of shame. And all we need to know is nothing will change God's purpose towards us, which is a purpose of life and well-being. If we give him the least excuse to come into our lives, he will. I mean, it's often easier to speak about forgiveness after like a big event, um, almost reserved for significant occasions. But what would it look like to make forgiveness part of someone's daily life? It's a very good question because, again, we we tend to think forgiveness is you know, just a little bit of a, a large gesture to somebody. But in fact, every moment in our daily relationships, when we step back a bit and say, no, hang on, um, this isn't a a matter of black and white and right and wrong and me being right and them being wrong. I've just got to to find out patiently how I go on living with this person. So I've got to say, all right, I'm, I'm not going to take that as a wound that can't be healed. In these small rubs and abrasions of daily life where the sheer annoyingness of other people really gets to <laughs> us, um, forgiveness isn't isn't the big gesture. It's just saying, yeah, okay, get used to it. This is life in, in community. We've got to carry on living together. I need not to treat my own ego as something so sacred that it, it's always got to be defended and, and protected. I've got to learn, I suppose very simply, I've got to learn to negotiate, I've got to learn to listen. And actually forgiveness is bound up with that in the most prosaic possible way, just not standing on a dignity. 
Just on that, do you, do you think it is then our, it, our ego that is the thing that stops us so often from figuring? <laughs> what else? <laughs> yeah. No, we, we love to keep ourselves safe. Mm. We love to keep ourselves defended behind a wall even higher than President Trump's wall in Mexico. <laughs> we, we, want, we want not to change sometimes. And yet deep inside we, we long to change and yet something in us is a bit too proud and a bit too frightened to let that change happen and that's when that's when it gets hard to forgive and hard even in daily life just to step back and do that yeah patience and acceptance thing and um you know if if as a community at at kxc we um learnt to forgive regularly what sort of community do you think we would actually then become we'd be a community in which people were helped not to take themselves too seriously, where people took each other seriously, were willing to accept their own responsibility for the well-being of others, and therefore to be ready themselves to ask for forgiveness. A community that wasn't all the time being derailed and unbalanced by people standing on their dignity, people refusing to look to the future. Because one of the most important things about forgiveness is that it is future-oriented. How are we going to go on living together? God always wants to draw us into that future. He wants to say, we're released from the things that trap us in the past. I can give you the possibility of growing and growing together and receiving from each other. And it's all about making that possible. And that's why I think in in St. John's Gospel, after the resurrection, Jesus comes to his disciples and it says he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive are forgiven. So forgiveness is connected with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that power of God by which the future becomes present now. So that's... that's, uh, why forgiveness matters and how it matters, and why a community that's able to live with that kind of hopefulness is a real sign of God's future. You said something there about um, about the community, the responsibility we have for one another. So perhaps rather than a sinless society being the problem, perhaps it's individualism that is the problem for us, forgiving skin. Do you want to maybe just mention something about that? Mm. Yes, I think that we we have in our contemporary society a very strong sense of individual entitlement. And that's not all wrong. There's a, a real, absolutely genuine priority to the dignity that's inherent in, in everybody. And we can't ignore that, we can't minimize that. And sometimes in church communities, as in other communities, we have overridden that and it's it's done us no favors. But the pendulum can swing too far to the idea that What matters most is that I feel all right. And that's not a very good basis for life together. So there really is an issue, I think, about individualism. Every individual, every person deserves to be treated with absolute respect. Their needs need to be listened to and cared for. No discussion about that. But what if I turn all that into this idea that the priority is always going to be what makes me feel better. Then 
then I'm not going to be listening very hard to others. I'm not going to be saying, well, what do I need to yield here so that the other can flourish a little bit more and we can actually grow together? Forgiveness is all about that too. So it's deeply involved with community and again with the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit who makes connections and creates community. And I think this is probably one of the biggest questions that people will be having is what do you do if you're you're struggling to forgive something where you know it's a deeply painful situation um how what would you say to someone in terms of how to move forward in that one of the worst mistakes we can make sometimes as christians is is turning forgiveness into another kind of law rather than gospel and saying well you you've got to forgive and again we sometimes have that in the church people pushing someone to forgive and sometimes in the most inappropriate contexts possible you know take someone who's been living with the memory of abuse as a child, or who's in a, a violent domestic relationship. Sometimes the church has told people, like, oh, just forgive. And that's another turn of the screw. It's another kind of violence to them. So forgiveness can't be rushed. What I'd say to someone who's finding it impossible to forgive is simply don't shut the door. Pray that something may be possible for you which will change the way you see someone else, the way you see your own history. Pray that that will be possible. Don't force it. Don't feel under pressure. Don't feel you're being manipulated into something. But just remember what God wants at the end of the day is for your life to be whole and to be healed. And that means your memories, your, your wounds, your suffering also to be, to be healed. Just leave that open. A friend of mine once preached a, a brilliant sermon, the best I've ever heard on forgiveness, where he said, often it's a bit like rock climbing. All you can do is just bang in a little handhold six inches above your head, haul yourself up very, very slowly with great effort, <sighs> draw a breath, and then you bang in another little handhold and heave yourself up. It doesn't all happen at once, but you keep trusting that God will hold you as you as you rise into that mm. and there is there is an end to the climb there is a possibility if, if you just don't let go and are there any practices that that could be those like extra six inches that you could mm. recommend people? the very simplest of all is if you're finding it hard to forgive someone just hold them in a prayer before God it's as basic as that um, you, you bring someone before God, you say, I cannot begin to understand how I could forgive them, how I could be reconciled. I cannot begin to understand how you, God, could forgive them um, because I can't make sense of them at all and the damage they've done is so profound. All I can do is just leave them here before you. Hmm. That's that's the, you know, the 101 five-finger exercise yeah. that you start with. Yeah. And um, have you have you noticed over the years the the impact of when a community or, or when individuals haven't forgiven? When communities and individuals don't forgive, of course, what happens is that they they freeze. The story they they tell about themselves becomes more and more hard edged, and that makes it more and more difficult to forgive. It's another vicious circle or a vicious spiral, spiral downwards. Um, and you see it in, well, you see it in contexts like 
the Balkans, or indeed the Israel-Palestine conflict, every every retelling of the story becomes a, a reinforcement of the damage someone else has done to me, and I cannot begin to think beyond that. And that means that because I see myself as as a victim, I'm justified in in pushing back and protecting myself, and sometimes in aggression as well. So not forgiving is addictive, and like all addictions, it's poisonous. Hmm. And when you do see something else happening, when you see people reaching across what seem to be unimaginable gulfs of separation and resentment and guilt and hatred, you do see what a a miraculous light it sheds on the world. You see, let's say, in in Israel-Palestine again, you see in in people who work in the bereaved families forum, there people who've lost family members because of the violence of the other side. When you see them speaking together on the same platform, then you, you see a bit of the miracle. When you see the willingness of members of a community to step out and say, I am not going to seek revenge for this, I'm hurt, I'm damaged, I'm not sure if I can forgive, but I'm not going to seek revenge. Once once in a while, people like that emerge. The father, father of the little girl who was killed in the Omar bombing all those years ago. Um, people who've been victims of communal violence, who've lost people to violence on the streets in our own country. And they come out and they say, I'm not going to look for retaliation then you begin to see something of the kingdom of heaven coming through. Yeah. Um, and for someone who's new to this whole idea of forgiveness, um, just funny, where, where would they start? What's their first steps? The first step, I think, is just to, to ask yourself, rather as Jesus asks people in the Gospels, do you want to be healed? Because to be injured, to need to forgive someone else, is also yourself to be wounded. And you have to ask, do I, do I want to be whole? Because maybe there's a process then that I need to start on. It won't happen overnight. It's not a quick fix. Um, it's not saying forgive and forget. It's saying just, yeah, am I willing to start on this process which just might restore me to where God wants me to be and to where the human race needs to needs me to be in the, that flow of response to God. And, and how might that look like in a, a daily practice? Taking time to, to look at your reactions. If you've had a day with um, you know, stressful meetings, with difficult exchanges, rude emails, whatever, look back and say, am I happy to leave it there? Or is there something to be done, something to be restored. As basic as that, just a few minutes at the end of the day saying, hmm, what's the unfinished business? And would I like to see it finished? And if I would, can I just open the door a little bit and say to God, well, go on, start making a difference then. Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spirit-filled patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.